Okay, Nick Nanton, welcome to our show. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you on, sir. Thanks for having me on, man. Good to see you. Uh, good to get to know you, and great to see you again, Joe. Good to see you, Nick. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Absolutely. For all those tuning in, we have Joe Gleason on right now as part of the interview. Nick Nanton has taken the time to come on our show and tell us a little bit about himself, and we're going to get into a little bit of the background of his films and his relationship with uh, Tim Ballard, Operation Underground Railroad, and as the whole world knows now that on July 4th, The Sound of Freedom comes out. So having Nick on right now is very valuable to what is happening in this world and the movement for saving the children and raising awareness. So, again, let me introduce Nick right now. Nick is a 22-time Emmy Award-winning director, producer, host, and best-selling author. He currently has a podcast out there called Now to Next. He is a also, which is a big deal to me, he is a father, and by my research, he's one heck of a father. I see that he's a good family man. Uh, he, he's really got it going on. He, I can just tell by uh, going on his Facebook page recently, because uh, not that I was creeping, but I was doing research, and I'm very inspired by everything that Nick's doing. Before we came on the show, Nick has a great body of work, and we were talking, and I said to him, I said, how does he have this kind of time to do everything? And I said, he's like Elon Musk. I mean, he's got all these projects going on, but it's, it's an inspiration. Nick has 60 films out there as well, including films of, of, which we're going to talk about, Operation to Saint. Uh, also, it's another one called It's Happening uh, Right Here, also about the... Um, human trafficking uh, here in America and the internet and the dangers of the internet as well and how they're preying on your children, a film that every parent should absolutely watch. And also he's done other uh, documentaries. I urge you to go over to nicknanton.com and check out all his films. He has an incredible body of work. He's worked with Larry King. He's worked with Dick Vitale and one of my favorite movies all time, Rudy, Oh, my goodness gracious, what an inspiration that is. And he worked with the real Rudy as well. Uh, Nick's first love, though, and we're, gonna, we're talking about him as a filmmaker, filmmaker, and he has a company called DNA Films. But his first love is music as well. Uh, Nick has wrote and produced many songs, uh, has awards from those songs as well. You can check out that on his website as well, nicknetton.com. So, uh, Nick, again, welcome to the show. We have a uh, lot to talk about. We're definitely, everybody's tuning in because we're raising awareness about uh, child trafficking and everything that's going on. But what the biggest question that I have, what interests me the most is this right here. I'm going to bring a picture on the screen and I need to know how did you catch a fish of that size right there? <laughs> that is called a great captain. That's how you get a great fish like that. Um, that is a 47-inch redfish, and yes, I'm going to get that mounted. The nice thing about fishing these days and getting them mounted, you measure them, you take a picture, and you throw it back, and they just make your fiberglass mount so you can catch it again sometime. It can get nice. bigger and all the other good things. So, so I was telling Bruce, like, a lot of people have, they, they, they tell fish stories, but you can actually tell a fish yes. story, right? <laughs> It was this big, right? Yes, yes. That was also yeah. a very good camera angle, but it was, in fact, 47 inches. So. Very good, very good. <laughs> yes, I went on there and I saw them. I'm like, oh, I have to ask him about this. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, but with that said, let's get the viewers to get to know you a little bit, Nick. Nick, let me, let me ask you a question. At what point in your life did you decide, hey, maybe I want to get into doing documentary films and doing um, – subject matter on the world's most fascinating people. Is that how it started for you? 
No, it's funny. I mean, it was, as you said, my first love is music. Um, I, with my business partner, who's 30 years older than me, uh, Jack, who, who Joe knows as well. Um, he and I, I got him to mentor me by, I wanted to start a music company. I convinced him to do that. And, um, you know, he saw how hard the music business was um, and was like, man, this is brutal. He's like, if you bring your same skill sets into the entrepreneurial world of, because I was essentially creating brands for bands when I was doing that. I was, I was writing and producing, you know, helping with their sound. But then, you know, in college and law school, you know, we're all broke. So everyone's doing everything. Right. Mm -hmm. But my skill sets were really trying like packaging people up and these bands up and trying to create something um, out of what they wanted to be. And so my business partner saw that and said, Nick, if you did that for entrepreneurs and professionals, you could probably actually afford to pay your bills. And I was like, I love that idea. Um, and so, you know, I got married at 22, had my first son a week after I took the bar exam. Good news is I now have been married. This will be 21 years this year wow. uh, to my wife and my oldest son is graduating high school in a couple of days. So things are working out, which is great, but I got started early. It was a bit on fast forward. So I needed to make money. And so we ended up building a business uh, called the Celebrity Branding Agency, which uh, is what we build people's personal brands with that. Once I had some success there, I did what any creative person does and goes, all right, now I'm making some money. How can I get back to being creative in the ways I want to? Uh, and so I started getting back in music. And then I started just trying to figure out, you know, what would it, I've always been fascinated by sort of, you know, film and what would that what would that even look or feel like? Let me try to do a project. Um, let me try a, a short film. Um, and long story short, that worked out. Um, I had two Emmy nominations and won my first Emmy. And so my business partner was like, do more of that. And so, you know, what it really comes down to, I think is a couple things. Um, number one, I, you can tell probably by my cadence and tone of speech, I am very ADHD. Um, and, you know, I thought I hated learning because I did all the things I was supposed to do. You know, I went to undergrad, went to law school, but I didn't enjoy a single second of it other than lunch usually or like PE and stuff like that, right? Um, but, but I actually have learned over the years now retrospectively that I actually love learning. I just hate learning in a chair for eight hours a day yes. from some less than inspired teachers sometimes, we'll put it that way. Now, what I've been chasing my entire life, what I learned from the celebrity branding agencies, actually also I met Joe, you know, is I loved I love getting to know people and figuring out what their amazing strengths were. You know, some people might say, what are their superpowers? Like, what are they so freaking good at that you just can't help but pay attention? And I got curious about, like, well, how do you do that? And how does that work? And after working with more than 3,000 entrepreneurs across 60 countries, I realized that very honestly, everyone has a great story. If you know how to look at it and you know how to honor your story, I actually was reading Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach's new book today. I'll give a plug for that. 10X is easier than 2X. Great book. And, and he, I wrote down the quote because I've heard him say it before, but this was so concise. He said this. He said, you, um, you can't get confident about your future until you get real clear about your past. So you mm. can't be confident about mm. your future until you get real clear about your past because what we all overlook drastically is that our past, our stories, the good and the bad, is what refined us into who we are right now, what prepared us, unlike any other human on earth, to face the things in front of us right now, and what also prepared us to deal, to really serve our ideal client, somebody who we get where they're coming from because of what, because of the fires we've been through, the successes and the failures. So what I think I really have realized is I've, you know, come, as an immigrant kid coming to America, 
my seeing my parents struggle, trying to find our way. I knew that there were, I could tell there were some differences between certain people. Like I was never going to sing as well as that, that guy, or I was never going to be as fast as that kid. or I was never going to be able to dunk like that guy. But like beyond some of these very distinct physical differences, there wasn't that much that separated people, particularly when it came to most of the world of operating, you know, businesses and ideas. That's very different than like athletic or physical prowess, right? And so I started, I think before I even knew it, I started being curious about like, well, how come that family can do that and we can't? Or how come those people are doing that and we can't? How, like, what would I have to do? Because it's not impossible because they're doing it. Okay. And I started looking at like, what's their story? What's their story? And I became curious because I desired success. I desired to not be, my parents were very brave moving to a new country, but I saw what it did to them. I desired to not let money control me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want. I think that's what we all want. By the way, we realize that that's hard no matter how much or little you make. It's, it's, right. it's an issue no matter what, right? Yes. But the point being, um, I started getting curious and storytelling was my way of learning. And so if you really compare what I, my two loves really, which are, you know, my two professional loves outside of my family and, and my friends, you know, filmmaking and songwriting, they're just different forms of storytelling. And what I love about those is not only can they transport me or you to a different place, you know, just by, you know, as you mentioned, Rudy, I mean, one of the most inspiring stories of all time. But not only will that transport me to being a part of his story and feeling it empathetically with him, it also has the power to instructively show me what it takes to be successful. It can also instructively show me that even when you're down and out, even when they make you live in, he actually lived in the basketball arena, not the stadium, mm. but it made for better, better film, you know, in the, in the movie, right. you know, but, but it, it, even when you got to find a way that you would feel lesser than that, I actually to go here, I have to live in the gym and clean it for my room and board when everyone else is just out there partying. Like there's instructive yes. lessons in there for me. So I guess I would say all of it to me has been a way to learn from the masters and every, like when I make a documentary, nobody goes, here's a guy who's pretty average. They're all like, they could be the best criminal in the world. Like that, you also get those interviews, but they're the best at something. So I've been able to learn from that and I've been able to learn from their stories. And my goal really honestly is to craft stories that inspire other people. I mean, I'm pretty selfish too. My, I'd like my kids to be inspired by them, but everyone else's kids can be inspired by them too and other mm-hmm. adults so that we can, so we can see that there is hope in the future, right? That again, as Dan Sullivan would say, so we can all believe that our future is greater than our past because when we believe that we have hope and the world becomes a much better place when we can do that. So long answer to your very short question. Hey man, I really appreciate that. You know, I've been promoting you and you're going to be coming on later this week. We're going to have you on. And I'll tell you what, I have looked at your body of work and I know many people, as I said, you're here for a certain reason. We're going to talk about your, your films in a minute here uh, regarding child trafficking in that world. But your body of work is absolutely inspiring. Um, for me personally, to see folks on there, like, you know, you have Jack Canfield. These are guys and folks that I grew up reading as well. I mean, I read Jack Canfield's books. I read all those great books, you know, and Tony Robbins and so many other people as well. And I did not even realize when Joe said, we can get probably get Mr. Nick Natton on. And I started doing a deep dive on you. I'm like, man, this is incredible. This is a guy after my own heart as well. So I agree with you what you just said in your opening statement there, how 
taking our past and embracing it to be a better person today and not being that victim, but embracing it because we have all those great skills and people are absolutely fascinating. Speaking of people and fascinating people, let's go ahead and take a turn right now. Let's talk about during the COVID lockdown, uh, at least from my side and a lot of people who follow me and friends of mine, uh, when we were on the lockdown, a lot of people went into this rabbit hole and they started discovering something called Operation Toussaint, Tim Ballard, and Operation Underground Railroad. And um, they did this deep dive and now they, they, they're moved by it and they, everybody wants to do something. How can they help? Let's start with this. How did you get hooked up with Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad and was asked to do Operation Toussaint? Yeah, that is a n- crazy story. Um, we are you guys familiar with Russell Brunson at all? Russell has a company yes. called ClickFunnels, yes. right? All right. Mm-hmm. So I had met Russell. Russell was in a couple different sort of masterminds I was in. He happened to be at the screening of one of my first movies that really got some attention, which was Peter D. Mandis's life story called Visioneer. Um, and Russell was, you know, he was very complimentary about. It. He's like, man, let me. I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to see what I could do with something like that. But And it was pretty clear from the beginning, like, I don't think I want you to make a movie about me, but I'm just in, in you know, Russell's a media guy. He understands media. So he understood the power of it and how it could inspire, how it could create sales. I mean, it could do anything, right? Yeah. And so it's, a, it's just a form of storytelling. And Russell reached out to me. Um, it was – it was either October or November of 2017. I believe it was just before Thanksgiving. And he said, Hey Nick, um, you know, I I'm working with this organization that helps rescue, uh, you know, children from being sex trafficked. You know, um, would you ever be interested in making a documentary about that? I said, well, man, I, I never thought about it before. Um, I always try to stay with positive subject matter, but you know, God's given me this ability to make documentaries. And honestly, I've failed at a lot of things. And this one comes, it's like one of the easiest things I've ever done in my life. So I, I think he might strike me down right now if I said no, but anyway, (laughs) like, yeah, I'd be interested in talking about that. He said, you know, because Russell's a faith driven guy too, where, you know, um, different sides of sort of the same faith, I guess we'd say, but um, you know, he, uh, he's, he's Mormon and I'm Presbyterian, but you know, all, all under the same, you know, umbrella in a way of Christianity. And so, you know, Russell, I was praying this morning and um, I was thinking, what could I do for this, this organization? Like maybe I could write a book. He's like, and then God gave me your name. So I figured I'd reach out. I said, well, okay. So we ended up talking. Um, He set up a call for myself and the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, which is Tim Ballard. Um, At the time, things were just starting to click, I think, for Operation Underground Railroad. They hadn't gone uh, as nearly as big as they are now, but they actually had also had a previous engagement with somebody who I didn't find this out till later, but they were a little skittish because after I made Operation Toussaint, I'll fast forward to there for a second. Tim said, you know, Nick, you're the only one, you and your crew are the only ones who've ever come in to film us and didn't make it about themselves. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh. everyone tries to make it like they flip the cameras on themselves. Like we're going undercover. And he's like, and we just did our job. We just covered, we're there to cover what, we're there to make sure we don't get killed. No one else gets killed, but we're here to film it. Right? right. And so anyway, so Russell's like, Hey, so if you talk to Tim and you want to do it, let me know. And Russell's very open. He's like, I will fund it. Let me know what it'll cost. And I'll fund it. I was like, yeah, of course I'll, I'll be fair with you as I always would be. He said, no problem. Talk to Tim. Tim says, let's do it. And I didn't know about the baggage at this point, by the way, but he said, yeah, let's do it. So we, I think we had our first conversation, like the first week of December. And by the way, the only thing Russell he wasn't forcing my hand, but he said, Nick, I really 
my my main goal is to have this done by mid-February so I can play it at my Funnel Hacking Live event. So I'm going November to December, December to January. January. So 90 days. We had 90 days to make this movie. Wow. And so I had my first conversation with Tim in, in early December. Ended up going out to do some interviews in Salt Lake City in December. My my timelines might be slightly off if ever, anyone ever fact checks me. Just realize I'm not swearing to this. But I know the conversation was late 2017, October, November. And I know we had to have it done in February. So about 90 days. I'm there in Salt Lake City, and I said, Tim, it seems like we got to go to Haiti to get the rest of the story because that's where the story initiates from. And I said, I've almost been to Haiti. I've been to DR a few times, but they always promised me they could get me in. They just couldn't promise me they could get me out. Oh, he said, no, 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 we can, we'll get you in and out. We got this. And then so we booked some dates to go to Haiti, and then he calls me like a week later. He goes, I got great news. I go, what's that, Tim? He goes, we're not just going to go to Haiti. We arrested all these people on human trafficking counts, and then a corrupt judge let them off. So we're going to storm into their houses in the middle of the night, and we're going to arrest them again. Wow. And you get to film all that. I'm like, ah, oh, not exactly what I had in mind. Um, right. So anyway, we end up going to Haiti. Uh, fascinatingly crazy, um, beautiful, corrupt. I mean, it has every edge of every spectrum you've ever seen in that country, uh, and. It, I was there literally the day Trump famously called it some nice words. Yeah. Uh, and so that made things even better. But so, we, and I'd never been on an undercover sting before. So we're trying we're filming backstory filming stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, I end up in a van doing some recon, finding out where people are living the day before. And then we end up going to do this raid. And it was just, it was absolutely nuts. And after we do the raid, they're like, Hey, everyone should get out of here as fast as possible. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, we got to stay the night. All the flights are gone, but you know, this person is very likely connected to the mob here, you know, organized crime in, in Haiti. And so we don't know what happens next. So let's all get out. So we're like all fighting for the same flights is the funny part. So I end up going to the airport the next morning and I call my wife and say, Hey, I'm on my way home. She's like, I thought you weren't coming home until it was either later that day or tomorrow. I'm like, well, I'm coming home now because they told, she's like, wait, what you did? What? I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, how did you wow. sleep last night? She goes, great. I'm like, you're welcome. And that wasn't the right answer. I got grounded after that for a little bit. Um, but anyway, um, you know, we made the film in, in 90 days, start to finish with the edit. Russell screened it as at his event and he raised over a million dollars for operation Underground railroad. Wow. I do think there were a lot of things coming together, converging for OUR at that time. Mm -hmm. But I think Russell, you know, Russell's vision and his willingness to put himself not only to pay for the movie, but then to raise money and match the funds were a huge catalyst for OUR that, um, you know, I hope the film was as well. It's been seen by well over a million people. Um, it was all part of that, um, that fast rise. Since then, I've done multiple other documentaries that are not out yet. They're about to come out, I think, as part of the launch of Sound of Freedom. I think they're going to wow. use it as engagement material. Um, so we've been all around the world. I've done uh, Haiti was my first uh, my first rodeo with them. And since I've been to uh, Mexico multiple times, Iraq, Colombia, uh, all over the U.S. And um, they're doing really good work. They do really, really great work. So making that movie changed my life. Um, I still, you know, when we did that, uh, we filmed it. They did a raid and rescue that night. Um, they were able to free four girls and find uh, a, a, uh, a woman who had been sort of a, a kingpin in trafficking. Wow. And so every one of us has one of these. Uh, I wear this every day, not just because you can't see it. But it says, oh, you are. It says Operation Toussaint. It has four stars on it to represent wow. the four girls. And it's got the Bible verse. They, you know, that uh, if you remember the uh, Navy SEAL saying it sort of as a Hebrew prayer before we went into the operation. So the I remember yeah. and I, the reason I know it's definitely 2017 because this was 
Haiti, January 11th, 2018 was that operation. So I know my timing is close. So that was, yeah, a wild ride of a story. And, uh, it, you know, again, it's changed my life. I'm doing two four-part series for them right now. We released a film you talked about. It's happening right here, which is all about trafficking in America, um, which is crazy as well. And, you know, the only reason I'm able to do it and, and the only other reason I'm willing to do it is because I, I believe we can bring hope to it. I believe when we show the Amen. stories of survivors, when we show the stories of people stepping up and putting themselves in harm's way or even just donating $5 a month, there is something you can do. And I will, I will until further notice, I have been in the bowels of OUR, mm. foreign countries, in enemy territory, in war zones, and I have never seen them do anything that I would say is – um, that crosses the line of not being good people and doing the right things. Um, so I'll stand until that, until I see something or yes. someone shows me something to that day, I can absolutely vouch for now from being with them since 2017. And there has been some garbage press that came out about them, by the way. And I, I vouch for none of it. And those two new or, news organizations are bankrupt as of a couple weeks ago, by the way, for that type yes. of news. Um, but uh, oh, nice. it's a real deal. And I've, I've seen it and I've seen them go to the darkest corners of the earth and rescue people that no one else was looking for. Yeah, for sure. And to me, that's God's work. So, so Nick, how do they, how do they identify where they go in? Like you said, you've been all over the world. How do, how do, I mean, with the resources that they have, how do they pick priorities and like say, I'm going to go here versus there? Well, one of the things they try to do is they try to stand up organizations that are already existing. So, and when I, again, if everyone knows, I'm not speaking for OUR. This is just my personal understandings and knowledge. I might not get everything right, but they fund millions of dollars to, for instance, in America, to law enforcement agencies that are already doing work in their communities. They give them forensic dogs, digital forensic labs. Like they, they Tim has figured out in an amazing way, if he is willing to be a storyteller and share how this works, having worked for the government and the private sector now, and just share these stories, people will donate. And because they want they want more rescues. And Tim is very unselfish. Like, OUR doesn't need all the credit. They do so much stuff you would never have a clue. So they go to foreign countries and they go to different agencies in America and they fund a lot of just behind the scenes stuff to stand up these organizations so they can have at least some of the resources they need. Then on top of that, they work with these local organizations. And when they can, they'll step in and say, hey, um, okay, yeah, we'll come down and do that operation with you. One of the things they're great about is OUR is not law enforcement anywhere. They only work with law enforcement and with special forces and certain, a lot of the guys who work with them are either U.S. or former law enforcement, former special forces, but they go in with these organizations and with law enforcement and with the permission of the country and or whatever the local officials are, because that's the only way they can really have success because they have no badges, no guns in those countries. And so they go and they and they work alongside these other organizations. They get many requests. You know, they do as much as they can. And, um, you know, we luckily get to film a lot of it. But, you know, they, they pick um, they pick organizations that are doing the right things and where they think that they can be of help and not and not just waste money. But they will do. I have seen them turn over way beyond the, the stones a normal organization would turn to make sure in every way they can, they help every single person that they can because they realize that person is living a living hell 
you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they do yes. an awful lot. You can't get to everybody, which is the, the brutal part of all this. Correct. Um, and by the way, when you get some people out of it, they go back to it because the devil you know is better than the devil you don't in some cases, don't. right? And there's a lot of mental trauma that goes with it, a lot of brainwashing. No one else will take care of you. Nobody else really cares about you. No one else will feed you. No. And so it's a very complicated issue, but they are they're fighting the good fight very well. Absolutely. I have a cousin who's a United States Marshal and he goes around with his team and he does kind of like what Tim's doing. Tim's doing on a massive scale, of course. Um, And I talk to him all the time. And I've always said, I said, uh, I say his first name is Mike. I says, I can never do it. I can never be a law enforcement officer, especially when it came to that. So as a filmmaker, um, what, what was it like for you to, you know, go on those raids and uh, what I, I guess what I'm getting at is I could not do that and have the camera in my hands and go in there without having some sort of rage and wanting to tear somebody apart from what you see. <laughs> I, seriously. Yeah, it, it is the hardest part about it. Well, the beauty of that is if you really want to do your job, you can't do that. Yes. Right. So, so when it becomes more important to save, a, save, 10 kids or a hundred kids. And it does to take the life away from somebody else in front of you, which you believe me, I understand. Everybody wants to do that. It's not, it seems like it's not fair that you should be here and I should have to coolly, calmly, collectively speak to you to cut a deal. But you know, when you realize the repercussions and the benefits of playing the undercover role, again, I have not done that, but I've seen it a million times, you know, that then there's, there's a, there's a higher purpose and a greater purpose, which is the only way someone could ever possibly keep it together. Absolutely. I think um, you seem like a very humble guy, but at, at least from what I can see in, in my research, you under uh, your film Operation to Saint, you shot that film is done so well. And again, if nobody has seen it, go back and watch that. You can watch it on Prime. I believe it's on YouTube as well. And you can watch Operation to Saint. It was done so good and shined a light on uh, the underworld of child trafficking, Tim Ballard, Operation Underground Railroad. Um, I'm just going to go on the limb here and say, I think you are one of the people responsible for inspiring the filmmakers who are, who have done the upcoming film sound of freedom as a direct result. So, you know, thank you for everything that you've done. I know many filmmakers go as uh, unsung heroes, if you will, and the focus is on Tim, who is an incredible human being. I hope when I grow up, I'm half the man as he is. <laughs> so, but, uh, at the same time, I just want to thank you for everything that you have done. Now, Tim has said something in uh, in the film. He said this, and I'm going to quote this as well. These are word for word. He said, "There is light in in this dark world. If we do, we don't become the light. There is no light." So, with that being said, with the viewers who are watching this right now, how can they get involved? What can they do to be that shining light and get involved when they're saying, "I want to do something. I just don't know what to do when it comes to the movement of saving the children." I mean, pay attention, number one. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, we feel uneasy about that because we've never paid attention to it. But when, you, when your gut tells you something is wrong, there's a good chance it might be. I mean, that doesn't mean go making accusations. But, you know, they, they all, if you see something, say something, do it. If you feel like something's up, you know, give a call to your local law enforcement. There's um, uh, a division. Uh, of course, I'm not going to remember what it is right now. But um, there's uh, – uh, I'll think of it in a second. There's a division in in every state that deals with you know child trafficking and 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 just sextortion and all that sort of stuff. Um, ICAC, Internet Crimes Against Children, is what it's called. ICAC. Um, and there's plenty of hotlines and things. So you know, pay attention and don't be accusatory, but you know, share things. Um, 
you know, share things that you see. Um, I, there are many organizations and many people I think that are, are doing a great job in the fight. Um, the only one I can really put all my energy behind is OUR because I have spent so much time with Operation Underground Railroad and just understand that um, I believe them to be extremely uh, responsible. I, I, you know, I like the way they operate. I think they do, um, you know, they do spend uh, money on things like media, like, you know, Operation Saint was uh, donated, but they've funded multiple documentaries, but they've seen the, sh the shift it's made for them and the funds it's raised to allow me to go out and, and save more children. So I'm super happy with what they've done. I think, you know, if you are looking for an organization to get behind, follow Tim Ballard, donate to OUR, um, you know, become a monthly donor in whatever way you can, because they are going all across the globe and only expanding, you know, but they can only expand with funding to help get more people out, uh, you know, out of being trafficked. Again, I, I've been with them to Thailand too. I forgot I've been to Thailand with them as well. I mean, so they are all over the place, all over the Middle East, all over America. They, it's not like they're only going to foreign countries. They do a ton here in America. So I look, when I look at, this is my faith-based perspective, but I think that, you know, this is God's world. I believe that, you know, I want us to take care of our veterans here at home. I do a lot of veterans cause I'm doing a film with creative vets right now. I did the film with folds of honor. I did the movie with, you know, cannons for warriors. Right. We have a long way to go here in America, but that doesn't mean we should neglect the rest of the world. So, right. you know, just choose, choose what you're passionate about and you will make a difference. And uh, I've just been, it's just been an honor to get involved with them. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I can take credit for, for anything on Sound of Freedom, uh, but uh, they are. I will tell you, I've seen it, and it's really good. Oh, I saw it wow. two years ago, and, uh, and the, the director, Alejandro, is a great friend, a great guy. They made a great movie, and uh, it, will, it, will, it will change the narrative if everyone goes out and watches it and sees what's really happening. Absolutely. Nick, an incredible um, interview to get to know you a little bit, your background story, to hear the, the story about um, Operation Sassant and working with Tim Ballard. Um, thank you so much for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Again, everybody, go over to nicknanton.com. Not only, again, uh, Tim, uh, Nick doesn't just do um, about child sex trafficking, which is very important. This is why he's on here today, but he has an incredible body of work. He works with some of the incredible people. He has an incredible team for what I understand. And I can vouch for it. <laughs> right. What we've been talking about in this world is content. We need better content. This Hollywood garbage and all this smut that's on TV. Nick has an incredible body of work. I urge you to go over there. Nick, I'm going to leave the door open for you and ask you if anything, when it comes up and you said you got things in the works with more on Operation Toussaint and human trafficking, please come back. We reach an audience and let us help promote you. We'd be honored to do that. So that door is open for you, sir. Thanks for having me on, man. Good to see you both. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Nick. Take care. Thanks, Nick. Bye-bye.